0: This is Back to the 80s. Uh, This is Toscano and Chang with you. Another day
1: in lockdown. You know what? Speaking of lockdowns, I have not been this bored since I was locked in a beer freezer in the liquor store that I worked at. Now, back you know, the freezer doors in a liquor store, you have a knob that you pull out, and from the inside, you uh, can push the button, and it releases the lock. I was in the beer box because I was the... uh, stock boy at this liquor store back in the eighties in beautiful downtown Montebello, California. And my buddy pulled the handle on the outside of the door and he put a two by four in there. Now that's going to keep me from being able to push that knob and free myself from the freezer. Sure. So I was locked in there and I was having to open every beer door or every refrigerator door to yell at somebody to open the door for me. No one would do it. They kept me in there for an hour. I was wearing nothing but gloves, a beanie, and a Ram jersey, and my Sam's Liquor vest.
0: I'm surprised you didn't get I hypothermia. Came out,
1: I came out colder than Henry's Weinhardt and Lowenbrow that evening, brother. <laughs> now, do you remember those beers back in the 80s? <laughs> I sure do. I sure do, man. Lowenbrow to, tonight, oh let Lowenbrow.
0: You know what? That's got to be a topic for, a, for another 80s show. I do want to take this time and thank you guys for joining Toscano and Chang here at Back to the 80s. And I want to remind you... That we do have a Facebook fan page that you can go ahead and drop us your notes. Specifically, if you want to drop us a line and let us know what topic you want us to discuss here, we're Mm -hmm. more than happy to do so. And also to let you know that we are here every Friday. It's an opportunity that we have to be able to share our memories. And I'm sure that a lot of you had very, very similar memories back in the decade of excess. We have Marshall Thomas. Uh, an old 80s oh. jock who, Chang, you, you and that I know our, very,
1: very well. That is our mentor. That's right. right? That's
0: right. We also have Ted Ziegenbush from 103.5 Coast, 103.5 Whoa. here in Los Angeles joining us That's tonight. Good. He's got lots to talk about and we've got lots to talk about here. And so let's kick it off. Today's topic, by the way, so that you know, is radio business in the 80s. The radio business mm-hmm. side of things. I mean, radio was something that filled our lives in more ways than one back then
1: in that decade. Oh, yeah! good God, Lord, yes, bro. Now, remember, the 80s were, gave birth to a lot, but uh, radio, especially in Los Angeles, California, where we both grew up, I think that was a, a staple in Los Angeles for entertainment. I always uh, thought that uh, radio back in Los Angeles, uh, whether it be AM, I don't know if you remember some of the stations back in AM, that crashed in L.A. back in the 70s, you had KHJ. Do you remember K-L-A-Z? Yes, I do remember K-L-A-Z. Yes. Do you remember K-West?
0: I do remember. K-
1: yeah. Now, my most favorite station growing up was KMET, the Mighty Met. Who Party <laughs> Animal, uh, Fraser Smith, Paraquat Kelly. Of course, my mentor that you do know, radio has kind of died down in Los Angeles. You're, you're out there still course, I won't let anyone know where my whereabouts are. They're just in California. That's all you need to know. Radio back then it was very similar to when our parents probably grew up with radio. When radio was the entertainment. Eighties was still theater of the mind, and I think that's what we're missing in radio: theater of the mind. A radio personality back in the eighties, he can put you in the same uh, mindset as he is, just by what he says, his energy, his personality. Or the music that he played: That's
0: important because a lot of us grew up yeah. identifying with a certain uh, radio personality, right? Right. We used to look forward Who was one of to your favorite jocks. I used to listen to Rick Dees, Ted uh, Rick Dees was
1: hilarious.:
0: Mark and Brian, I used oh, yeah. to listen to Mucho Morales, which, by the way, Mucho Morales was the reason I was able to take my first big step into the broadcasting world. You brought me over to the Academy of Radio and Television Broadcasting in Huntington Beach. Do you remember the Mighty 690? Oh, yeah, I remember the 9690. Do you remember Pirate Radio? Pirate Radio. As a matter of fact, now that you're saying Pirate Radio, I got some information. I'm going to give you some facts, all right? I found an article from the LA Times, December 27th,
1: 1989.
0: Mm. So what better way to end the decade that was dubbed the Greed Decade? Right. By, by closing out with record prices for radio stations. Now, back when 1990 started, everything changed. And right. there was a very famous or popular mega deal done by Group W. And they bought eight stations from Metropolitan Broadcasting, including one that a lot of us in Los Angeles know with KTWV-FM, The Wave. Do you remember that, KTWV-The yeah, yeah. The Wave? Well, the
1: wave wave used to be KMET, 94.7. Exactly. It
0: reports this sale for these eight stations was finalized at 385 million bucks, ma'am. It's interesting to me that the article goes on to say that in 1985, the FCC increased the maximum number of radio stations that was being able to be bought by single owners to 24. So one owner can own, back then, 24 stations, they could own 12 FM and 12 AM, all right? They did not want everybody to own everything unlike today, okay? Now, there was a very, very famous GM. His name was Bill Summers, K-L-O-S. Ah, yes, yes, he was the general manager for K-L-O-S, right? And this is what he said, and I think it's vital. Because of the price tags being sold, he said, all of a sudden, now that there's enormous pressure to really get the business to pay off all the debts, right? So it's not as friendly. As it used to be. He right. said radio is strictly a business. It's not yeah. fun anymore. And I think mm-hmm. he hit the nail right on the head. I would it, have to agree with that. And right. they go on to say in the article that they had market research groups, focus right. groups, they had song testing that was utilized because not only did they want to know the demographics, okay, but they also wanted to know what was called psychographics. It was important because that's what gave him the tools that they needed to now start the whole radio mega empire as, right. as a business. And, you know, that's what we want to talk about tonight.
1: There were so many stations, the uh, mom and pop stations, if you will, being bought out and then reprogrammed to duplicate exactly the same format, uh, style of information and output that we see it everywhere now, which I think is killed radio. Correct.
0: And some of the biggest gains in money, was spent, believe it or not, it was spent on radio advertising, Um, and in in the 80s, something that was really, really huge were billboards, and what they did is they took uh, all these focus groups and came up with huge multi-million dollar campaigns right next to the freeways. Check this out. They discovered that from 1980, all right, the number of radio listeners had grown substantially in LA, and there were about 730,000 more cars in 1989
1: than there were in 1980. Wow. No wonder I still have an 89
0: Toyota. (laughs) That meant that 4.5 million cars were on the road, Mm -hmm. 4.5 million. So what, what did that do? Well, they said that is the perfect avenue for us because now everybody lives in their cars. They took that opportunity and wasted just hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising Mm -hmm. in those
1: years. That's when we saw a lot of uh, KLOS, k K Rock. Those billboards were going up like crazy. Pirate Radio, KNAC. Everybody was buying mass billboards throughout the Southern California area. So they can just boom. It's like that subcontinent. You see the billboard, boom, you're automatically going to listen.
0: You know, now that you said Pirate Radio, KQLZ or Pirate Radio It spent a a very small fortune blitzing Southern California with billboards. Right. And there was a super DJ from New York. His name was Scott Shannon. Do you remember him?
1: Yes. And
0: he filled in in a gap in in the radio station by playing eclectic mix of rock and heavy metal. And the station shot up to the top five in Los Angeles within three months of
1: its debut. Right. And I believe he was the morning jock. And after he left, they started declining. But that was at the same era when Mark and Brian embarked in uh, L.A. Rock Radio as probably to me and you the greatest duo of rock and roll jocks of any magnitude of all, that I think, that have ever graced us double the mic and double the headphones. Now, back to that question I asked you, you said Mucho Morales was was he your favorite jock or was he the first? No, jock I want to
0: say my favorite jock podcast.
1: was Rick Dees. Now, do you remember Manny Pacheco? Do you remember Huggy Boy? Uh, I, I definitely remember, remember Huggy Boy right. and
0: Manny Pacheco, of course. We know him personally.
1: Now, you've got to tell me you remember the greatest of all time, Wolfman Jack. That's right, baby. I'm coming to you now right here. Everybody It's Wolfman.
0: Who can forget such an iconic voice uh, nationally syndicated? The beard. the beard and the black Zorro hat. Do you remember that? Yes. What's funny is my dad used to see him and used to always tell me that uh, that's what happened to Zorro after he retired. <laughs> That's nice Do you remember this DJ who used to come out in
2: The Federated commercials for less than 30 days of purchase Yes, so Federated refunds the difference, right? What's 10% of the difference with the trouble there And now a guaranteed low price on a Quasar VHS Video cassette recorder 273.11 Will match any price in town Oh,
0: Fred rated? Shadow Stevens, wasn't it? Shadow Stevens, brother That's right This is Back to the 80s When we come back Marshall Thomas, don't go away na no na nu
1: Nothing but that is.
0: Well, we're back here on Back to the 80s Radio, and as promised, we have Marshall Thomas. Marshall's a good friend of mine and a mentor and a great teacher when uh, I was at the Academy of Radio. And Marshall, thanks for being on Back to the 80s Radio with me.
3: Hey, Mario, it's a pleasure. Back to the 80s, let me see. Ah, as a lot of years ago i I looked much different than I did in the eighties, so that's that's a change.
0: Well, I think we all did. <laughs> you know what? I'm very happy for those that look exactly the same. There's very few of those, and then uh there's uh, people like me that have changed quite a bit throughout the years.
3: That's okay, nothing a haircut can't fix kid um, <laughs> <laughs> that's honey. right. so let
0: everybody know a little bit or a lot about yourself and when it comes to how it's related to to the radio business and also about that great era and what you did uh, during the 80s.
3: Yeah, you know, well, leading into the 80s, obviously the 70s was where I cut my teeth doing college radio. That was my footstep into the business, and that in working in clubs, uh, spinning discs. Don't tell anybody, Mario, but I was playing disco because the late 70s, it was rocking. Uh, oh, of course. Oh, man, the clubs were alive, and you could get a job spinning records. Yeah, records, vinyl records, kids um and it was a little slice of heaven of course those gigs were only like on Friday and Saturday nights so you could still do something else and I did I got out of college doing college radio I uh, did an internship at a rock station in Los Angeles KWST, uh West 106 FM it uh, became the magic after that and now it's Power 106 but they were a heavy hitter in the rock station world of KLOS and KMET in Los Angeles and from there, I bounced into the 80s with KNAC in Long Beach. KNAC 105.5 in Long Beach. It was on top of the 10th story of the F&M building. It's still there. It was built in 1929, the building, not the radio station. <laughs> and uh, it's on Broadway and Pine. And uh, we were knocking out everything from Elvis Costello to Elvis Presley. It was a heck of a format. Uh, we uh, we were rocking in the 80s was our our slogan. And I and,
0: remember, I remember k uh, as a kid growing up, you used to see the signs everywhere. I mean, billboards were the thing back then next to the freeways and you could see them all over Southern California.
3: No, everywhere. KNAC got huge in it uh, as it evolved in, further into the 80s. However, it lost its new wave pop rock sort of originality. What it came in, its grassroots were Everything. I mean, it, it was just a great because you could hear all the classic rock mixed in with the punk rock mixed in with the new wave and the pop, which made the 80s very exciting. Coming into the 80s, punk rock was still raging from the late 70s, the new British invasion, right? So, uh, the Clash and the Sex Pistols and whatnot. Uh, very exciting. And then you had the Go-Go's, for instance, very colorful all-girl band that just bowled everybody over, uh, Belinda Carlisle and her group. Uh, and they're still popular to this day. Uh, Belinda's semi-retired now and lives in Paris, France. But no, the 80s really spawned this ignited a, a fusion of all these colorful groups and uh, the British bands. Of course, we mentioned uh, just a minute ago, the uh, pre-podcast uh, orchestral movers in the dark and, and such bands as, uh, as that and Spandau Ballet. And there's so many, the cure, I mean, on and on. But uh, it was a very colorful and, and really fun time. Radio was different. Now, at the end of the, of, uh, the Reagan era, it uh, was what, 81 to 89. Unfortunately, things become a little unwound at the end of the 80s into the 90s because of what Ronald Reagan did as president, and that is deregulation. brought us around to corporate radio as it is now in the 21st century, which is a whole different animal. Full, uh, whole different. <laughs> we in the '80s still had the luxury of coming out of the '60s and '70s, where free-form radio was still, still there. There was an inkling of it, just just a, just a little thimble full, but it was enough to keep a real radio alive. And radio stations like I worked at in the beginning, there K West and KNC, were were still doing just that, uh, somewhat free-form type radio. And that, for people wondering what that means. It wasn't highly formatted. You weren't told what to say and what to play every hour, and uh, you know, just unfortunately, radio these days has been uh, distilled down to a very formatic and uh, predictable type of radio. Where, it, you listen uh, for an hour or an hour and a half, you motorcycles going by. I'm up in the mountains today, by the way, uh, taking a country. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, enjoy the mountains here. A good thing is here living in Southern California is you can be in the mountains and then in a couple of hours you can be at the beach.
3: Yeah, exactly. We're we're totally blessed, my friend, to to be, have all those things that are available. Uh,
2: so, you know,
0: Marshall, are- one of the things that comes to mind, listening to radio in the 80s was more of an experience than it is today. I mean, no no comparison from what it is today.
3: Oh, most definitely. That's the reason I wanted to get into radio. I, as a kid, I was riding my skateboard around Los Angeles uh, with a little pocket transistor radio listening to my favorite jocks, uh, The Real Don Steele and Charlie Tuna and Robert W. Morgan. These are heavy hitters back in the day. And and uh, Humble Harb and uh, Johnny Hayes. I mean, that could go on. There's a ton of them. That's why I want to get into
2: radio. I thought, man.
0: And the um, iconic Wolfman Jack, remember that?
2: Hey, baby, let's get naked and listen to the <laughs> radio. Yeah, that's right. I, <laughs>
3: in the 70s, when I first got my first car here in L.A. on KRLA, they were running a syndicated version of the Wolfman show. Uh, yeah. And I got to meet the Wolfman at, at K-West when I first uh, oh, started what an with.
0: experience. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that I know that a lot of people miss about that time, that era, is the ability to have someone that they can identify with or somebody that they can look up to and go, you know what, that guy just brings a little bit of happiness to my day, whether it be morning, morning rush hour, afternoon drive, or even really late at night, depending on the program.
3: Well, the big personalities ruled. Yeah. And uh, thank you. I over the years have tried to hone that obviously and its worked because there were stations along the way where I worked the evening shift, for instance, um, I worked up in the uh, Antelope Valley. That's Lancaster, Palmdale area. There's plenty of stations up there of all different formats. And I did an evening show where I was able to stay and play whatever I wanted. That's what they wanted me to do. Cause I had done it down the dial at another station, a country station. I went to a, uh, a hot AC station, uh, temporary. And I got to open up the phones, talk to the, the community at large. And just my, and I've had people tell me before you have a very soothing voice. You have a very soothing manner. You have a, we, you're enjoyable to listen to because it's just like you're talking to me in my car or my living room or my office. Where I'm a man. I I, I love that. I that's just me. Me being me. You Get what you what you see is what you get. But uh, I had parents calling me and saying, "Look, I appreciate you so much. You take my teenagers' call. You help them with their homework. <laughs> you give them Very their nice. <laughs> you know, and they love you." And I thought, "Oh my God, this is forget about awards and about." any sort of accolades for doing what we do in radio, but that sort of feedback right there was enough for me to just skip all the way home on a cloud, um, that kind of feedback. So yeah, it was very personality driven in the eighties and now, unfortunately, in the 21st century, eh, eh, corporations rule and the bottom line is where it's at and um, personalities. uh, Yeah, there's still a few out there that are strong and are let loose to do what they do best but for the most part uh yeah it's been lost
0: marshall don't go away when we come back where we have one more thing to talk about related to the 80s music business and that's hey. music itself so don't yes. go away beautiful And we're back this is back to the 80s radio we're back with marshall thomas marshall thanks for being with us one more time and you know i started thinking about what is the one thing that people request more regarding uh, the 80s and that's music and you were part of that era bringing people music so my question is this and this is more of a personal question because i've had arguments we've had parties here with family and the newer generation says you know what you're you're just regurgitating what your parents told you about their music Mm. uh, when when we talk about music of today and without getting too into that part yeah this is what this is my answer I always say the way it differentiates from any other music today I believe that from 50s 60s 70s and 80s it helped to form generations to come it's music that 40 years 30 years or 50 years down the line you'll still hear him in in movies
3: mm, uh, i'd have to agree uh, totally mario yeah that's a good way of putting it it was um it was evolving it was exploding out of the 70s into the 80s with all of this energy of uh you name it it was coming punk rock pop rock uh new wave uh, all of the glam bands all of the uh oh uh, what would the uh, orchestral maneuvers in the dark kind of bands that were sort of this ethereal sound uh, from England. And of course, uh, punk rock who was very brash and in your face. So there was a lot to choose from. And it was an era that evolved very quickly, like a a meteor shoots to the sky and eventually just explodes into these many particles. But that's how the 80s seemed to me anyway. The clubs were alive. I was going to a lot of concerts stations I was working at made sure that we saw every show we wanted to see and got all the music that we could digest and most of the radio stations let me bring in bands if I wanted to on my show and interview them and play their music or a music store owner and play me the newest stuff hey let's see what's happening this what came from England this week that sort of thing so it was a uh, a time of growth and expansion and the evolution And it was evolving at a very fast pace uh, in the early 80s and and then on into the 90s. Things uh, changed uh, just about every format, Um, even in the country music where it got very ballad heavy at the end of the 80s for whatever reason, but uh, all music evolved and we evolved with it. And it was a time of people, even the clothing of that time, think about it, everybody's dressing like Pirates from Duran Duran music videos, and it it helped our, it it changed our apparel, it changed uh, a lot of the cars of the era were, because of going into the 80s, everything, in the 50s, the cars looked a lot like rocket ships and and missiles and airplanes, so the 80s had its own sort of look as well, and feel, and sound when it came to the music, yeah, very much so. It,
0: It certainly did. Hey, Marshall, do me a big favor with that 80s jock voice. Bring us back to the 80s.
3: If you want to dance, listen, you stay in tune with the 80s, kids. Listen to Mario, <laughs> he'll keep you going. And I got news for you the 90s are going to make the 80s look like the 60s. Rock on, everybody. It's Marshall Thomas.
1: Hey, Chang here from Tuscano and Chang. You're uh, listening to Back to the 80s. We'll be back in a flash. Nothing but that is.
0: As promised, we have Ted Ziegenbusch. Ted, I was reading on your Facebook that says that you've been in radio for 51 years. Is that
2: correct? Yeah, technically that's correct. I I started um, in high school out in San Bernardino. I was invited to be the high school reporter uh, for my high school. And so I was on once a week doing high school news talking about all the things happening on campus and new exciting things around school. And that kind of led to me being an intern for the radio station out there. Um, I'd already been hanging around a little bit as a kid. My interest in radio began when I was probably 12 years old. And uh, I was invited in to help out with some things. I guess I looked a whole bunch older than I really was at the time. (laughs) And uh, yeah, then I got my first on air in uh, the summer of 68. Actually, I guess it was the fall of 68 when school started and been doing it ever since. Yeah.
0: If they were to tell you in the 80s back when you started, would you have believed everything that you accomplished?
2: I wouldn't. Number one, I wouldn't have seen myself in Los Angeles as much as I wanted to be there. But uh, yeah, things turned out amazingly well. And I think part of it is because I I worked at such a variety of stations before getting to Los Angeles. The 80s, for me, was made up of working at a top 40 stations that played what we kind of call CHR, contemporary hits. I did album rock that was basically, uh, you know, things like Foreigner Sticks, Boston, Dublin, things right. like that. And um, I even worked at what I guess was kind of called smooth jazz that was a mixture of, great instrumentals and the softer songs that kind of had a jazzy feel to them.
0: It wasn't 94.7 The Wave, was it back then?
2: No, actually, it preceded them. It was at a station in San Diego, KIFM, uh, FM 98, was trying to do something a little bit different, you know, top 40 stations. And it was was a rather unusual mix of music, uh, everything from Pat Metheny and, uh, Chuck Mangione and artists like that. To like I said, the soft. I think we even played Abracadabra <laughs> by Steve Miller because it yeah. had kind of a jazzy feeling to it. Yeah.
0: So when you got to L.A., was it a big change? Was it a big shock? Uh, how did that go for you? And where did you go?
2: Well, wh- when I was on in San Diego, um, I got a phone call uh, out of the blue from a uh, Jeff Salgo, who was the program director at the time of. Um, K-West, which turned themselves into Magic 106, which eventually became Power 106. But he said, hey, I'd like you to come up and do weekends for me if you got time to do that. And I told him, I said, I didn't send you uh, a a resume. or Where is this coming from? And he said, oh, I know all about you. I know your career. I, I knew you in San Bernardino. And come up and do weekends for me. I think you'll have a good time. And I don't know, I guess we do crazy things when we're younger because I was working six days a week doing mornings in San Diego, and I came up and did Saturday night and Sunday night (laughs) in Los Angeles and then drove back to San Diego, or my wife drove me back. And that led to uh, when I saw an opening at Coast that was changing from uh, elevator music, Montalvani and Henry Mancini and artists like that, they were going to be more contemporary. I applied and I was the last guy hired on the staff uh, for Coast. I caught them just before they filled all the all the openings.
0: Wow, is that and right? So I
2: moved. Yeah, I moved from uh, from K West or Magic One Hundred and Six over to Coast, and the rest is history. I guess, as they say, I uh, worked for them since 1982.
0: When it came to being yourself and, to, and just to being what you wanted to be on the air, was it easier back then?
2: I believe it was. Part of the reason at the time, at least in our in our situation, running the the radio station, our program director Johnny K said, "I want everybody to use their real name. I don't want any more of these made up radio names." And so we ended up with you know Wallengren Sakalaridis, Tamborelli, Zigan It sounded like a law firm <laughs> instead of <Yeah. laughs> instead of a radio station, but it, it gave us kind of a feeling that we got to be a real person. And the other thing about it was that in those days, not so much now with the imaging and other uh, jingles and things that are produced much heavier than they were back in the early 80s, we were only allowed to talk like every two or three songs. And we were supposed to be as personable as possible, except at the breaks when we had our natural commercial breaks, uh, you know, every couple of times an hour. We could talk a little bit more, but we were pretty much encouraged to be just, you know, very warm and relatable and not being the boss jocks that a lot of us grew up with listening to KHJ Los Angeles or KGB in San Diego or some of the other stations that had a lot of um, punch and polish and performance to them. That was the big change.
0: What was your most memorable experience that you had during that time? Did you have anything that just stood out?
2: When we started the radio station, uh, we were invited to go out and meet people at different locations, different. And it wasn't always a sponsor. And we would put a bumper sticker on the car. You know, remember when people thought it was okay?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I remember that. Bumper
2: sticker. Because you put it on for, you know, camp political campaigns, but. And there were people that were a little hesitant about doing that, but if you did that, you had a chance eventually to win big money or a car or something else. So we went out, shook hands, kissed babies, and put bumper stickers on cars. And I remember our boss Johnny Kay saying, "You know, people think Los Angeles is too big to do something like that, that there's no way you could touch enough people in a town of you know 11 and a half million now in the Los Angeles." second biggest city behind new york and you know he convinced us that it would pay off and it sure did i mean in in no time at all the radio stations started climbing up in the ratings and most people acknowledge that what really kicked it into gear was when we started doing the love song show at night which happened in in 83 we started in november of 82 but in 83, we got the, to, do the, to do the Love Song show. And that kind of became the signature of the radio station, convinced adult people that we're a station with a heart. We do th- something, you know, to help you with family relationships and things of like that. And, of course, it played well with teenage girls in high school and college. And for the 80s, the 80s were the growth spurt. For that particular station, that particular format as well. And uh, it's funny that you're focusing on the 80s because, quite frankly, the 90s and beyond was radically different, I, I feel.
0: Very much, um, very much. We can agree on that one. From, oh, yeah. Yeah, listen, Ted, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got a couple more questions for you. And then one funny one that's brought to us by one of the tweets.
2: Sounds good.
1: Thanks
0: for joining us here on Back to the 80s. Ted, uh, before the break, I told you we had a specific question that was tweeted out to us. Uh, The question is, (laughs) if you can get into a DeLorean and travel back to any year in that decade, what year would it be? And would you stay or would you go?
2: Oh, my gosh. Gosh, there were so many great movies in the 80s and things like that. I was still uh, getting my feet wet in my career, trying to grow, trying to Trying to adjust to uh, a rather unusual, you know, radio schedule. Some people called me the uh, the Vampire of the Night because I did the late night show yeah. for uh, eighteen years before I I moved to another ship. There's something about like 1986, 87, probably 87. I don't know whether if it's uh, you know the movie Dirty Dancing and the music and maybe part of it is you know I don't we didn't realize it at the time. But even like the first year, 1990, was going to be so much different. You know, we just didn't realize that things were going to change. And, you know, I mean, things aren't going to stay stagnant forever, but I think a lot of people really enjoy the 80s. Maybe not necessarily that the 80s hairdos. I know this at the radio station had much more facial hair (laughs)
0: than
2: than we did in the 90s, whether it was a mustache or a beard or whatever. You know, longer hair was in the fashion still.
0: I think there's a meme on the Internet that says no more mullets. And it had uh, the 80s and a a big, long mullet hanging out. I
2: I probably wouldn't stay there. Like, uh, you know, as tempted as I might be to to have fun. I I do a lot of uh, reminiscing uh, about not only my career, but music and movies and things like that, you know, because it was just part of the culture and kind of mixed in with what we were doing on the radio. But I'm happy with today. You know, I'm happy. Other than the the, uh, the current coronavirus uh, sure. thing going on, that's not too much fun. World changes and, you know, we adapt and we find new adventures and new things to do. And certainly from a technological standpoint, who would want to go back to the days before good cell phones and any kind of computer?
0: What about when we were making a mixtape and we wanted to sing a song? We couldn't understand what the artist was saying. So we'd have to rewind, play, rewind, play, rewind, <laughs> until you got what he was saying. And sometimes you didn't get it at all.
2: Oh, yeah, we we always had to research the lyrics, if that would be possible, you know, an album cover or uh album insert, if people remember that. But they actually printed the lyrics for you. I guess they knew we couldn't understand what they were saying
0: <laughs> half the time. Hey, Ted, so being that most people now with any internet connection can be sort of the on-air personality. Do you think that takes away any of the radio magic?
2: A little bit, I suppose. You know, from from a personality standpoint, and a lot of us in the business have talked about it, we still love what we do. I loved what I was doing every day. And I, you know, I had the nicest compliment paid to me by our, our vice president of programming. He stopped in to say hello to me one time that I was filling in on a daytime shift. And he said, you know, Ted, after all these years, you still like you still sound like you're having fun and having a great time. Oh, and I said, awesome. well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I do. You know, I mean, I, that's all I've wanted to do since I was about 12 years old. And I still enjoy it. I know the audience has so many options now with everything from podcasts to, you know, downloads to YouTube to you name it. You know, there's a lot of places to go. And thank God there are still people who feel a connection to a radio personality that's on a station. And bless their heart, you know, when they come up to us at appearances and say how much we've meant to them. Like, you know, women that grew up rocking their uh, their newborn, you know, listening to the show at night. Or yeah. we got them to work in the morning before they even realized they'd been on the road for an hour. Things like that really make you feel like it's been worthwhile. It's uh, it's touching to hear those
0: things. Yeah, and those things are actually, they're just priceless. Uh, before we let you go, what was your top three favorite songs in the 80s?
2: That's really difficult to narrow it down to three, but I could probably uh, pick out three songs that I like. You know, I, I mean, as much as we played it, and we really have played it to death over the years, I still love the song Take On Me by A-Ha. Whenever I hear that, I sing along. I've got to go with it. I like Foreigner. I want to know what love is. Yeah. Uh, great I didn't, song. Re- I didn't realize, you know, I researched that song one time. I didn't realize that was converted from an old spiritual uh, and, you know, rewritten, reformulated, and it ended up being a great, great song for Foreigner. Really? I and, didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I didn't either. And, I, you know, I mean, everybody wants to rule the world. From Tears of Fears, yes. I, I always crank that one up. Sweet Dreams from the Eurythmics, gosh. I mean, I could list 40. It would be hard to say what, you know, what 10 of those 40, even because all of them have such
0: significance. One of the reasons that we're doing this is because we want to reintroduce a lot of the things that we had back then, uh, hopefully all of the good stuff, in particular, anything that was heard on the radio.
2: I wonder if we're going to ever see the people that were really going out of their way to try to compete and be a part of the game in the 80s, because there was so much great music and so many different, I don't want to say different genres, because that's not what it was, but different tempos, different different production, different creativity. Part of it, I believe, was that the artists or the people producing the music, they were arranging songs, they're not changing the lyrics, but they were Thinking about how is this going to sound coming out of a a radio, in a car, you know, in in a home, jumping out. I mean, like speaking of jump, jump by Van Halen. Right. When that song comes on. It's turn up the radio time and let's have a party. I That's mean, right. you know, th- there were uh, so many songs from the eighties like that, but it just seemed like the production quality uh, from the standpoint of let's make this song just jump out the radio at people and i don't know i I, it's kind of hard when you look at the songs that we've heard in the past 20 years not to complain too much but i don't think you find the quality of songs like we saw in the 80s
0: i'll have to agree with you there ted listen it's been great to hear the stories firsthand from somebody who was there and who still is there bringing a certain smile to everybody Personally, for me, Ted, I want to thank you for for doing that for so many years because you're one of the ones that we can not only look back to and reminisce about, but you know what? We can still listen to you and just keep that spirit alive. So thank you for taking the time to be with us here.
2: Oh, thank you, Mario.
0: Hey, you're listening to Back to the 80s. This is Toscano and Chang. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to be with us every single Friday here. Where we bring the 80s to a whole new generation, sharing our nostalgia and reminiscing on the good memories we had
1: back in the 80s. Keep your face masked, keep your hands cleaned, and take care of each other. Remember, back to the 80s is where you want to be.